Good morning. I was just changing my glasses so I could see what I was doing. Good morning and welcome to Romford Baptist Church. My name is Vicky. I'm one of the ministers here and uh, service will be being shared uh, with another one of the ministers, Ian, later on this morning. It's lovely that I can greet people back in the building. I can't say, can you make a loud noise, because of course we're supposed to not be making a loud noise, but welcome, you are very welcome. You are very welcome too in your homes as you join us this morning. I've been working my way through uh, the Bible. I think I mentioned before, I've challenged myself this year to uh, work my way back and read the Bible in a year as uh, occasionally it's good for us to do. And currently, uh, one of my daily readings is working my way through the book of Proverbs, which I have to tell you is not necessarily the book that's right up there as one of my favorites. But um, it makes me stop and think about the way our actions impact on others. And in Proverbs 2 and verse 6, it reminds us, For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. What a reminder to continue to listen and to talk and to follow what God tells us in his book. What a reminder that he is there as our shield and as our protector. What a reminder that if we follow him, we will be blessed in our daily walk. Our first song reminds us that in all we do, he is with us and he has done mighty things. Can I invite you to sing along if you're at home and to mouth along or hum along here in the building to And Can It Be? Mystery of the immortal die 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for that reminder that our chains are off and our hearts are free and we can come before you because of your amazing love, your amazing grace, your endless mercy and faithfulness. Father God, we thank you that you are our God, you are our Father, you are the maker of heaven and of earth. And Father God, as we gather in our homes and in this place and across our world, Lord, we thank you that we are free to praise your name, loving Heavenly Father. As we offer ourselves afresh to you today, 
Lord, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you forgive us when we have done wrong. We thank you that you want to walk with us day by day. And Lord, as we worship you in spirit and in truth and in words and in prayer and through the word and through the scriptures and in all that we offer to you, Lord, may it be pleasing to you because you have blessed us so much. Amen. Our next song reminds us of the beautiful name that is our God. I don't know what kind of week you've had. I don't know what you're going through, but we've just been singing about the powerful name of Jesus. We've been just singing about nothing can stand against our God. And I was thinking about some of the names of Jesus, some of the names of God that we have. And maybe for some of us today, we need to call out on the name of God that really resonates with where we are. Maybe we're needing God as our shepherd. Maybe we're needing God as our refuge or our strength. Maybe we're needing to proclaim God as the king over all that we are facing Maybe we want to acknowledge him as our healer because he has touched our lives and saved us and transformed us. Maybe we just want to declare him as the redeemer today. All of us have been on a different journey this week and over the last few weeks and months. But God has been with us each and every part of that day. And yes, we've needed to rely on him in those many different ways when we've needed that protection and where we want to declare his name. And we are going to sing again that wonderful song, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And if you're really struggling, wherever you may be, in the building or elsewhere, just open your arms as you sing this song, as you mouth these words, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Good morning, everybody. feels very weird to be standing in church holding a microphone and not singing. <laughs> Our reading this morning comes from Genesis chapter 32, starting at verse 22 and going through to chapter 33 up to verse 11. Jacob wrestles with God. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives his two maidservants and his eleven sons, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. Jacob said, 
please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. Jacob looked up, and there was Esau coming with his 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and the two maidservants. He put the maidservants and their children in front, Leah and her children next, and Rachel and Joseph in the rear. He himself went on ahead and bowed down to the ground seven times as he approached his brother. But Esau ran to meet Jacob and embraced him. He threw his arms around his neck and kissed him. And they wept. Then Esau looked up and saw the women and children. Who are these with you? he asked. Jacob answered, They are the children God has graciously given your servant. Then the maidservants and their children approached and bowed down. Next, Leah and her children came and bowed down. Last of all came Joseph and Rachel, and they too bowed down. Esau asked, what do you mean by all these droves I met? To find favor in your eyes, my lord, he said. But Esau said, I already have plenty, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. No, please, said Jacob, if I have found favor in your eyes, accept this gift from me. For to see your face is like seeing the face of God now that you have received me favorably. Please accept the present that was brought to you, for God has been gracious to me, and I have all I need. And because Jacob insisted, Esau accepted it. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Sarah, for reading the scriptures. It's one of those funny stories, isn't it? And as we go through this Lent series, we're having that, who is God? We're trying to get to know God a bit deeper. And then we come across this strange story. And I, I don't think I've ever preached on this before. That's probably to my shame. In 30 years of ministry, not actually tackling this story and when I went into it, I probably realized why I'd never preached on it before. It's one of those passages, what's going on here? Imagine the scene. You have a child you are responsible for, a child of 18 months or so. And that child is desperate to run into the road. 
and you are doing all you can to hold on to this child tightly. The hand is pulling in your hand. You're afraid that it's going to slip out. The child will run the road. You are doing all you can to keep this child safe. After a few minutes, the danger has gone. You've moved away from the road. The child is now safe. And the question is, who won? Well, the child did. The child won because the child was kept safe and lived to tell the tale. At the time, the child was wrestling against this authority. They didn't know why the authority. You might have explained the cars are dangerous, they hurt you. But they're wrestling against an authority. But they don't realize that that authority is good for them. They're just fighting it. They're just fighting it. And it's just, you know, you can, you can imagine the scene. I want to go that way, but no the authority, the parental figure, the adult held on to them because they knew to let go would be total danger. And although the child feels they lost, they actually won. They actually had a victory. Another scenario of a child. We now move forward to the terrible twos or the troublesome threes. Anybody remember them? Yes, they happened, didn't they? They keep going up to the naughty nines and the terrible tens, I think. But anyway, that's another story. But that moment where parent and child lock heads and their sheer determination the child does not want to do what the parent is saying and there is this standoff all the negotiations have come to an end the child still won't do it they want to assert their will we have Jacob wrestling God Jacob's story, well, the history is one of stealing Esau's birthright and then running in fear. Yet Jacob was still a part of God's story. Remember, his father was Isaac and his father was Abraham. And the one he was, who was going to be the father of this great big nation, these descendants. And Jacob's success... It's part of the God story success. The success of Jacob reaching the full potential is part of the success of God's planned story. So it was not in God's interest to destroy Jacob, yet there had to be this battle of the wills. And our stories are also intrinsically linked with God's story, but not necessarily as we understand them. And in this season of Lent, as we really seek God, we may find ourselves wrestling with God, or we may have found ourselves wrestling with God. We want to see a greater person, purpose. And maybe we understand God as a greater being than we have thus far. It's 
interesting where Jacob's fear was, wasn't it? Jacob's fear was not about meeting God. It was meeting his brother. It was Esau who Jacob was fearful of because it was Esau that Jacob had robbed. And now he knows he's going to meet with Esau. He's got all the plans. He's got the bribe at the front, the gift to pacify Esau. Yet on the journey, he was going to have a far bigger battle, a far bigger fight. Yet the one he was really fearful of was going to be fine. Jacob had got what he wanted when he got his birthright. But it was not good for him because he was now living in fear. Jacob was looking over his shoulder. He was looking in front. He was a man in fear because he knew what he got was not right. And he got it in a way that was not right. And as a person, he now was without confidence. He was drained. He was feeling despair. As Jacob continues the journey towards Esau, there is fear in his heart. And he sends everybody away and finds himself alone. And then we have this strange story. Him wrestling all night with this unknown man. An angel who Jacob himself, and as is revealed in this story, believes he is wrestling with God himself. For Jacob, it was a fear-driven nighttime encounter or battle. It was real wrestling. It was in his despair or he was all alone. We don't know how the detail of this because we're told about a whole night in about 30 words. But we understand they wrestled all night. We don't know if they wrestled and rested for a bit or whether it was a continual wrestle going on. But we read in the text that as light comes on, we read, let me go for daylight has now come. Interesting, I don't know if any of you have ever wrestled all night with in fear. Maybe you have wrestled in your dreams. But as I read this, I was just also reminded that often we remember in Lent, Jesus in 40 night, days and nights in the wilderness, and that wrestling that went on there. And Jesus, the vulnerable one, without food, fasting, to really meet with his father and know his commission as he was going to go out into his ministry and having to wrestle with temptations and power. Jacob wrestled just merely for one night. 
and he was not going to win. But equally, God was not going to destroy him. God was going to continue to journey with him. Many people over the last year have suffered many, many traumas. Traumas of loss of loved ones, traumas of loss of health, fear of isolation, the sense of loneliness and calm, the sense of despair. When are we going to get out of this? And now we have what looks like a roadmap to a better future. If we're being honest, there is still that element of fear and concern going forward. In the trauma, in the trauma of day, as the light came up, as a new day dawned, the fight continued, but there was no defeat. God does not seek to destroy. But there was a battle of wills to be won. God has the power to knock out Jacob with a single knockout. But he chooses not to use it. But like a parent with a child, hitting out in rage. And if you've been a parent with that child hitting against you, it's not fair, it's not fair, it's not fair. Part of your job as a parent is to absorb the pain. And God is not knocking out Jacob. Absorbing the pain and rechanneling him. Have you ever been at odds with God? Maybe you are today, maybe you are questioning, maybe you are struggling, and you want to wrestle with God. Well, let the wrestle begin. God's not afraid of a wrestle, He won't lose but nor will he destroy. And as we reach towards the end of this wrestling match between Jacob and this angel and God, we read how God uses this to change Jacob's thoughts. In verse 28, we read, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and prevailed. Jacob started out on this story with the name Jacob and ends up with the name Israel. But we know in biblical times that a name is more than a mere name. Our names are special to us, aren't they? And they're normally picked by our parents. And some parents get a lot of blame for the name. Why did you call me that? And as I have said before, my name is Ian John. Ian being the Gaelic version of John. Therefore, I am John John. 
There is a famous evangelist called J. John. I think from here on I should be I. John. Courtesy of Apple. Jacob, the name Jacob, simply meant cheater. Jacob had been going through life with the title cheater. And that's what he had done. He had cheated his brother. He had lived life as a cheater, trying to get his own way through that dealing and wheeling and those sorts of things. Even now as he's facing his brother, he's trying to think, how can I get out of it with the most success and the reduced loss? But he comes out of the battle with God with a new name, Israel, which means God protects. He's gone from cheetah to God protects. This is a new chapter in his life. And as you read through the following chapters of Genesis, you're going to see the story of his son Joseph. And how it's not going to be smooth, but God is going to continue to protect Jacob, Israel. Jacob has been transformed by the struggle. He has been transformed, but he has also been left with a limp. In verse 31, well, just before that, but in verse 31, it says, The sun rose up above him as he passed Peniel, as he was limping because of his hip. At the end of the battle, there was a blessing as the reality of the conversation took part between God through this angel and Jacob, now Israel. But Israel continued to struggle through life, carrying now a limp, the effect of the battle he had had with God. Quite literally, his battle with God had been a crippling encounter that would journey through his life with him. But his limp is not a sign of defeat. It's almost a sign of victory. He had wrestled with God and had received a blessing. His limp is a permanent reminder to him and to others that the battle that he had been through and no doubt he became more compassionate as a man as a result of his limp, which was to his daily reminder of the struggle he had endured. The limp became part of his character. And so often our testimonies is our encounters with God lead us differently. Lead us going on in a different way. 
But those negative, if you want, the limp, the wounds, are not something to be denied or hidden away. It's part of who we are. And we must learn to own our pain and to wear it well. But even though Jacob wears his pain in the most visible way, he doesn't let it define who he is. He is not defined by his limp. He is now defined by his new name, Israel. And there is a temptation for each one of us as we've been through trauma to allow that trauma to define us for the rest of our lives and to shape us. But really, what should be shaping us is the victory. The victory that God has got a plan for us and wants us to continue. The God who transformed us, who's given us a new name, and whose protection we now sit under. We may limp, but we're not defined by that. We are defined by the knowledge and experience of the love and protection of an almighty God. Jacob's God. Israel's God. Our God who protects. It's really interesting, isn't it, as you go into chapter 33 that Sarah read. That even his relationship with his brother is now different. There's that, I want to give it you. No, you mustn't give it to me. Yeah, I want to give it to you. No, you mustn't give it. You can, you can imagine the scene, can't you? Maybe many of us have seen that scene worked out where you've wanted to bless somebody. No, I don't need your gift. You know, I've got plenty of myself. No, let me bless you. No, I'm honestly, I'm fine. I'm fine. We sang earlier, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And in a battle, in a face-to-face -face encounter with God, is God really welcome here? Of course, we'd all say yes, but what if the encounter is an encounter and a real struggle of wills. A real struggle of wills. What if it turns out to be a fight, a wrestle? Would you trust God that he's holding your hands not to run into the danger? of the road that's beside you that you can't understand. Would you come out of the battle trusting God that it's okay. There is life to live with God having the victory. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. 
as we come towards communion, as we come towards looking at, it's, I'm God, dear God, I'm not okay. Let's spend a few moments quiet before God. And as we begin that moment of encounter with God, and let's truly, whether we're at home watching this service or here in this place, be open to truly encountering God where we are. Let's truly engage with God. This Lent season, we get to know God better. We get to know God more. That some of our superficial knowledge becomes deep, rooted, anchored. That we know God's blessing and God's delight. Be still. For the presence of the Lord, the Holy One, is here. As part of continuing in our worship, we also want to continue in our theme of lament for Lent. And for everyone, the past year has had its ups and downs. It's been extreme. It's been very different for each one of us. And in these few short moments, before we continue in our worship to the Lord's table, we want to just stop and provide an opportunity to reflect, to self-appraise, to allow God to meet with us exactly as we just prayed through that last song. We want to allow God to move in our thoughts, our minds, our emotions, our health, our hearts. And so today we're considering low mood or depression, anxiety. Feeling low is part of all of our lives. At some stage or other, everyone feels upset. We all get sad. We all get disheartened from time to time. But for some, it can become a real problem. And the good news is, is that there are things that can be done to help, to improve your mood. And there are people who can come alongside to help with that. Feeling low doesn't always mean that something is wrong. As I've said, we all feel low at times. After challenging or distressing events, major life changes, most of us will have to deal with feeling low and anxious. Sometimes we express ourselves through crying or feeling tired. We may feel as though we have no confidence or a sense of hopelessness. We may be unhappy or frustrated or maybe you get angry or you be extremely worried. Physically, we may be sleeping badly, we might not have an appetite, or we have, might have a big appetite. We might have various aches or pains. Often these low moods have a reason and an obvious cause, but it's not always the case. Sometimes it's just how we find ourselves. Normally a low mood will pass after a couple of days or a few weeks, and there's some easy things we can try and some small changes that we can make to help improve our mood. If you're still feeling down, though, if you feel hopeless, if you're not getting pleasure from things that you normally would from each day and it lasts for several weeks, you may be experiencing depression. And we would encourage you without hesitation to go and see your GP. 
There's no shame in receiving help, and there should be no stigma surrounding needing that help. We readily accept medication for other health issues, and the same should be the case for our mental health. A close friend of mine really suffers from anxiety and depression, and for many years she would go to see her GP, get his help, take some antidepressants for a while, and then she'd start to feel better, and she'd come off of it. Nobody knew about it apart from her very closest family and friends. She would completely hide it. You would never know that there was an issue for her. But there was a very real issue, one that persisted, one that kept coming back. And so now she's permanently on a low dose of antidepressants, and that makes the chemical imbalance in her brain so much better and so much more able to deal with. There's no shame in this. It's not a sign of lack of faith. It's a physical and mental health need that can and is now being addressed and making a significant and needed difference in her life. Sometimes we need to see a doctor. And the sooner we do that, the sooner we're on our way to recovery. On the NHS website, there's loads of helpful advice. So if you're feeling low today, I encourage you to use the NHS resources or the mind.org UK resources to help you and also to direct you to places and people who can help. Most importantly of all, if you're feeling extremely overwhelmed today or if you feel suicidal, don't hesitate to reach out immediately. You are loved, know that. Reach out for help from professionals and friends immediately. Don't wait for the GP to have a slot to fit you in tomorrow. As well as seeking professional help when needed, and as well as looking at some of the great online sites, can I also encourage you to ring a Christian friend. Much of our lives over the past year has been lived alone. We need each other. And by the way, if one of your RBC friends rings you today, it's not necessarily a sign that they're feeling low and depressed and responding to what I've said this morning. But you never know, actually, it may well be linked. What we all need throughout our lives, and particularly when times are tough, is that sense that we are not alone. We, that we have people walking alongside us. That we have friends that care and that we have friends who can love us back. Something that we used to do with the young people when we were away on a youth weekend was to get them to write a note to each other, to another member of the group, to say what they liked and what they admired about that person. Everyone would be given the name of another person. Sometimes it'd be someone they knew well. Sometimes it'd be someone that they only just had got to know that weekend. And they'd have to write down the things that they liked, the things that they saw, the things that they admired in the other person. For some of the young people, they felt so poorly about themselves. No one ever seemed to have a good word to say to them. But those notes were really powerful. But you know, actually, those notes were really powerful for every single one of us, the leaders and myself included. And I've kept one or two of them. Because actually, it's humbling and a beautiful thing to know that people care and people see good in you. Maybe today you could write a card 
to one or two of your friends or family to let them know how much they mean to you and how much you love them and why. But I'm going to encourage us to do something else, which for me is 100% outside my comfort zone. But it was on the notes that I was given to present today. So here it is. It's a challenge for me. It's a challenge for Vicky. It's a challenge for Ian. As between us, we put this down on paper. The other challenge is this. Take a mirror or lock yourself in the bathroom for a few minutes or go to your bedroom mirror, wherever it is. Don't do what I did today and look in the mirror and decide that the ends have got to come off my hair. I got the scissors out this morning. <laughs> I did that dreaded self-delivery this morning. Don't want you to be looking at your wrinkles. I don't want you to be looking at your weight or the double chins. Today, I want each of us to look at ourselves in the mirror, to look yourself in the eye and know that God loves you. He knows you completely. He knows how you're feeling. He knows what's going on in your life. He knows your thoughts. Yet, he always chooses to love you, to really love you. He formed you. He knows you completely. Yet, he cares for you so deeply. You're loved so greatly, and he's there for you. So look at yourself in the mirror. Know that God is there with you, carrying you through those tough times. Celebrate him with you in the good times. Know his love. Stay there till you know his peace. Look at yourself until you know God's acceptance sweep over you today. You might be a journaling type of person, want to write something down. Or you might just need to stand there and receive God's love for you today to receive his healing. So three challenges to consider where you are, how your mood is, do you need to read some advice online to, or to get a healthier balance? Do you need to change some things in your life? Do you need to seek some professional help? Secondly, write a note to someone else to encourage them, to bless them, to tell them what you think of them, lovely things about who they are. And thirdly, the one that's going to make me squirm, go stand in front of that mirror until you become aware of how utterly God adores you. We're shortly going to be taking communion together. And as part of this today, maybe you need to open yourself up to God, to be honest with him, and allow him to touch your life afresh. If you're feeling low today, respond to it, know it, accept it and acknowledge it, and do something to reach out and to know God's healing and his power today and the love and support of those around you. We're going to continue in our worship as we prepare our hearts through the next song. Maybe you are just having that sense of being enfolded in God's arms. I'm going to read a psalm, a psalm that's really familiar to us, but I'm reading it from Psalm 46. I just invite you just to maybe allow a phrase... Picking up from what Jam's been saying, picking up that sense of that song, as we listen to this song, this psalm, maybe there's just something you want to hold on to as we prepare to come to this table. And it's Psalm 46. God is a safe place to hide, ready to help when we need him. 
We stand fearless at the cliff edge of doom, courageous in sea storm and earthquake. Before the rush and roar of oceans, the tremors that shift mountains, Jacob wrestling God fights for us. God of angels' armies protects us. Rivers, fountains, splash joy, cooling God's city, the sacred horns of the Most High. God lives here. The streets are safe. God at your service from crack of dawn. Godless nations rant and rave. Kings and kingdoms threaten. But God does anything he says. Jacob, wrestling God, fights for us. God of our angel armies protects us. Attention all, see the marvels of God. He plants flowers and trees all over the earth, spans walls from pole to pole, breaks all the weapons across his knee, steps out of the traffic. Take a long, loving look at me, your high God, above politics, above everything. Jacob, wrestling God, fights for us. God of angel armies protects us. Maybe you needed to be reminded that God is fighting for us today. Maybe we needed to be reminded because of the beauty we see as spring bursts forth, that that is all part of God in his creator power, and yet that God who loves us, as we're reminded from looking in that mirror, Maybe we needed to be reminded that God is a safe place in which we can hide. He's always ready to help us when we need him. Each of us will perhaps have found a different part of that psalm that's pertinent to us. But in all of it, that God who created the heavens and the earth, who sent his son, that we are reminded as we look at the symbols of the cross, of the cup, and of the bread, that awesome God, is our personal saviour and our personal Lord. And we are invited to share in this bread and in this cup because God loves us. And we have come and declared him as Lord of our life too. The words from Paul writing to the church in Corinth from the message version says this, Let me go over with you again exactly what goes on in the Lord's Supper and why it is so centrally important. I received my instructions from our master himself and passed them on to you. Jesus, on the night of his betrayal, took the bread, and having given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body broken for you. Do this to remember me. And after supper, he did the same thing with a cup. This cup is my blood, my new covenant with you. Each time you drink this cup, remember me. John's going to lead us in a prayer of thanksgiving. Pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you to give you our thanks for all that you have done for us and for all your love. At this time, as we think of Jesus' sacrifice for us, 
we want to thank you that as we take these symbols of his broken body and his shed blood, and as we confess our sin before you, we can be forgiven and made whole. Help us, Father, wherever we are this morning, to come close to you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We join with the angels in declaring, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise. Amen. Amen. Jesus' body broken for you. His blood poured out for you is... Wherever you may be, you eat and you drink. We're going to listen to the words of the song, Here is bread, here is wine. Many shall see and be astonished, nations startled and shocked, and their leaders start staring and speechless, because he who was wounded brings wholeness. And so we can go into a world which is battered and bruised because... God loves us and he can come and he's transformed the world and he is our God of hope. And that is what we're challenged to do day by day. Rodney's going to lead us in a time of prayer. Let us continue as we pray. As we bring our prayers of intercession now, we want to confess that we have let you down, Lord, both in thought and word and deed this week. And we want to say that we are truly sorry and accept that we are weak but you are a mighty God who forgave us in the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, as we've just been reminded in the partaking of this communion service. So let us continue in prayer. We commit our world to you, Lord. We pray that there will be an outpouring of your Holy Spirit on our Queen, the royal family, and world leaders and governments at this time, especially during this time of COVID-19. We pray that you'll grant them wisdom, discernment and your leading. And we also pray for our local Havering Councillor for your leading as well. We pray that through your Holy Spirit, that there will be new awakening to the Lordship of our Saviour, Jesus Christ, and the complete healing of this COVID-19 plague. We pray for wisdom in the leading and future of your church here at Romford Baptist Church, so that a hurting world will see your love through our action as a community of believers in Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let your kingdom come. During this period of Lent, Give us an awareness of your unique sacrifice on our behalf and teach us to be humble in acknowledging that all our gifts come from you, the service of your people throughout the, this world and the spread of your kingdom. May you live in us so that in all our small acts of sacrifice and service, the light of your resurrection may shine through and give a hurting world, true meaning. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let your kingdom come. 
We thank you, O oh Father, for all the joys and blessings of family life, both for our church family life and for our own individual family lives. Forgive us that when we quarrel and pray that we'll be ready to make up and forgive one another as you taught through our Lord Jesus Christ, that true forgiveness as we have celebrated the communion together that he um, undertook for each one of us on the cross. We pray and think of those who are subject to abuse and live in constant fear and anxiety. We think of those that are struggling with mental illness. We pray that you'll strengthen their determination, in particular for all those who seek to help them and make peace rule in their hearts and in their homes. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let your kingdom come. We thank you, Father, for the many miracles of healing. And we pray for all who administer to the sick and infirm in our hospitals, doctors, surgeries, and in particular for all those that have been involved in the carrying out the vast task in the UK and throughout the world of this COVID-19 vaccination. We bring before you, in a moment of quietness now, those on our weekly news sheet and those that we know and love who are ill or in need of a time of a special touch of you. We pray that your blessing be upon them and those who love and care for them. And we pray that they may find encouragement and peace, that their sorrows and concerns will be transformed into comfort and their loneliness into fellowship with you. Lord, in your mercy, hear all our prayers. Let your kingdom come. Almighty Father, be with those who are grieving over a loss of a recent loved one, or maybe a loved one that has passed many years ago. May their sorrow be lit with the brightness of your resurrection. May they be assured that they will meet those again that they loved, if they love the Lord Jesus Christ, and we love the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let your kingdom come. Lord, be especially with our missionaries at this time. We pray that you will strengthen, encourage and bless them as they seek to serve you. And we now bring them before you in the quietness of our individual hearts. And finally, Lord, we pray that you will equip us through your Holy Spirit to be disciples, missionaries, that you called us to be, working through us by your Holy Spirit, here in Havering and Romford, and to the wider ends of the world. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And all God's people say, 
Amen. Amen. And we just continue and just hold up before you um, the whole Ebon family as uh, Lucilla just uh, is walking those last part of her time with her mum at this time in hospital. Father God, we just bring that family before you. And Lord, just ask that you will surround them with your love and your peace, we pray. And Lord, pray too for our parents and our children and our teachers and all those involved in our education. Lord, as things begin uh, back to school tomorrow, Lord, that you will be in that situation too. Give them the peace that is needed, allay the fears that there may be, and help that to be a really good and positive experience for all involved. We ask this in your name. Amen. Our service is just about finished, but Haley's going to come and let us know about what's going on this week. Thank you, Haley. Good morning, everybody. Um, you should have received the notice sheet. Um, please join us online at six o'clock this evening. And this Wednesday, we're starting again our lunchtime services at 12.45. They are in person only. If you would like to attend that service, you will need to book in with the booking details either via the phone or email address on notice sheet. Um, the same is for next Sunday. If you would like to be here in person, you can book yourself a place. And for both those services, you will need to follow the government's um, instructions with social distancing and the wearing of your masks over your mouth and nose. And a big thank you to everybody who's here today for following that. Hannah has got a couple of events coming up um, where she's doing some sort of open evenings via Zoom for people who would like to get involved in children and youth works. They're on Monday the 15th at 7pm. That's for creche, nursery and primary school age. And then on Thursday the 18th of March at 7, we've got secondary school, college and sixth form age. Um, I've spoken before and I could spent hours talking to you about the amazing stuff that I've done in the youth and children's activities over the years at RBC. If you would like to join the open evening, it's just to find out what it's about. Please let Hannah know that you'd like to attend one of the events. Um, in particular, with the um, youth age, we're not going to be able to run youth church on a regular basis unless we get additional help. So if you are interested, please drop Hannah a message so you can join the event online via Zoom. And then finally, this Wednesday evening, we are restarting our Wednesdays at RBC at 7.45, and we're doing the wellbeing journey. Um, if you'd like to attend, please do join via Zoom on Wednesday evening. But if you could let the church office know in advance, those of you who have already done Wednesdays at RBC at some point over this last year, you'll know that we break into groups, like small groups via Zoom, um, so it's just helpful to know who's attending beforehand so the groups can start to get set up before we all join on Wednesday. And we're going to now watch a short promotional video for the event. Thank you. Hello. How are you? No, I mean, really, how are you? It's one of those questions, isn't it, that we often ask one another without actually listening to the answer. We say we couldn't be greater, or we couldn't be better, or we're marvellous. Or maybe on a bad day, we say we're okay, or we're fine. But actually, so often we're not okay. 
we don't want to say that we're not because actually we don't think anyone's really interested in us or we're not that important. We're convinced by the lie that Christians should never have problems. And so, to say that we are, to show that we're struggling, we seem to think is a sign of weakness, a lack of faith. And somehow that equates to an even bigger sense of our own failures. But these lies are not of God. They're not biblical, they're not healthy. We all have struggles. It's the message that we've heard repeatedly again. And at the moment, after this last year that we've had, that's even more true than ever it was before. Let's be honest, we do have struggles. And if maybe we have none, and I struggle to believe that is the case, we certainly know others who may. Over the next eight weeks, we're going to be running the wellbeing course. And this is to help us look at ourselves and our own wellbeing, as well as looking out for one another. Here's a taster. The Wellbeing Journey is an eight-part series where we look at every aspect of our wellbeing, from our mindset, emotional, physical, relational, spiritual, vocational, and financial wellbeing. Join us as we travel around the country in these minis, talking to teachers and experts to address every area of our wellbeing together. And so the subjects include things like our physical well-being, our emotional well-being, our spiritual well-being, our relational well-being, our financial well-being, our vocational well-being. And so I want to invite you to join us online as once again we consider our own well-being, but also the well-being of our friends or our colleagues or our relatives, our families. We're going to be looking each week at videos and then breaking out into small groups to discover together and discuss and talk. We're going to learn about the hope that comes from scripture and we're going to pray into situations and to, into our struggles. We'll watch the teaching together before breaking into those small groups and hopefully by joining and sharing and learning we'll be better equipped not only to help others but also to help ourselves to maintain our own health and well-being. But also through learning together, we were going to be able to help others better because we'll have a better understanding of what is going on. How perhaps if we're struggling in one area of our life, then that will impact on another. And so we consider this a really vital course at this point in time. So much so that the staff team have already begun to share and to work through this course together. We recognise that all of us have a need to look after our own well-being as well as trying to encourage others in their day-to-day -day life, particularly after all that's happened over the last 12 months or so. And so join us if you can, starting on Wednesday the 10th of March online. And let us know if you'd like to come, because actually we need to know in advance to make sure we've got enough people there to help and equip us as we do this journey together. Let us know and we'll send you the link into your inbox or watch out for the link in the notice sheet in the coming week. Thank you. I'll see you there. That was a surprise in so many ways because it wasn't the video I was expecting. Um, and it was about three times longer than I was expecting today. So. 
there you go. Um, hopefully, if you've not got that information, do contact us or the church office and do let us know. It'll be great to see you there. I think you'll get the sense that it's really important that uh, we can pick that up. And I know for many of you, you like to see me wave. I've had several people going, you haven't waved yet this morning. So here we go. It was scheduled to take part at this point in the service, despite what some of you may think. And thank you to all of those of you who are waving at home. Now, just before you think it's already 12 o'clock and I want to go home, I want to tell you about our Palm Sunday challenge. For those of you who have been with us over the last year, you'll know that occasionally we've done photo and video challenges that we've put together for a particular occasion, and uh, we have got a Palm Sunday challenge for you to get involved in. This is, if we look at Palm Sunday, we will know that people, um, when they welcomed Jesus into Jerusalem, they laid their robes down on the, on the ground for, the, for him as he came in. They waved their palm branches. They praised and shouted out, welcome, praise you, Hosanna, all those other things we can read about. And so what we'd like you to do is either with a photograph or a very, very no longer than 10 second video, how would you welcome Jesus this Palm Sunday? Maybe you want to just put a picture of yourself up with a word, Hosanna or welcome. Maybe you want to have a very short video, 10 seconds, please note, uh, no more than. Uh, maybe just saying, blessed be your name, praise the Lord, Hosanna, whatever it may be. Send them into the church office as soon as you can or to the normal contact details that will be appearing on the screen and we will put that together for Palm Sunday. So we welcome in Lord, the Lord Jesus on Palm Sunday. We're going to conclude our service with our final song, and that is Be Thou My Vision. And uh, may we be able to sing that out in our hearts or if we're at home, through our voices as we come to our last song.
thank you for being with us. Thank you for continuing to give your gifts. And whether you're in the building or you've done that in another way, we want to thank you. And uh, we're going to close our time together with prayer. Father God, we thank you that you have blessed us and you've poured out a blessing upon us. We thank you that we've been able to share in your uh, bread and your cup as we've remembered all you've done for us. And Lord, as we go out from this place, Lord, may you use us and all that we have given to you financially, all through our offerings of ourselves. Lord, may you use it and bless it and the world in which we live day by day. Amen. Amen. Thank you.